watching back later. All right, who's ready for the Word of God? You ready for the Word of God? And up until this point in the service, every single one of you, you've, you've, you're here, so you've given God of your time. You've given God of your energy and your worship, your praise. You've given God of your finances. And now God wants to give to you. Come on. And so many times in this moment, we switch out. Because I oh, have a little rest, get to sit down, you know, catch up online, do some work. Would I encourage you? I encourage you. You know, I talked to our church uh, last Sunday about the devil's two. The, the biggest thing that the devil comes against is the two Ds, distraction, discouragement. Yeah. It's, the truth. it's the way the devil attacks you. You look at anything in your life where something's happening, it's always through discouragement, distraction. You know, the enemy will even distract you in church to miss something that God says through, through the speaker, through Pastor Jamie or Dustin. They'll, he'll just distract you. You can even get a text message. I've had that. You just look at your phone and it just distracts you. You start thinking about something. So I want to encourage you just for the next two and a half hours, just zoom in. Just, just, I don't know why everyone laughs. You know, you watch box sets all night. You come to church. and I won't be that long, I promise. Um, we've got another service, but it's so good to be here. So we pray. If, you, if, you, if you're physically able, why don't we stand? Father God, I just thank you for your presence. Yes. Your, sp- your spirit, your word says where there's two or three are gathered and there's so much more than that. You've promised to be with us and you are here. And Lord, we didn't just want to gather here today to take the I've been to church box. Lord, we gather today because we need a word from heaven. Yes. We gather today because our, our business is struggling, our marriage is struggling, our, our physical mental health is in, in a challenging space. So we, we pray that you'd speak to us today. I pray this would be a, a, a life-changing moment, a Sunday for many people in this room. Your word says it's not by might, it's not by power. We might have tried things in our own strength this week and they cannot move, but it's through your spirit. So Lord, I pray that your spirit would move mountains, move hearts, move minds in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, now you can find your seat. Jesus performed many, many, Many hundreds of miracles, if not thousands of miracles in his time on earth, but only 37 were recorded by the writers of the Gospels. But the fourth miracle was probably, as a young boy in Sunday school, my favorite is when Jesus fed the 5,000. Now, those 5,000, I haven't got to get the time to go in, but those 5,000, the Bible said, were 5,000 men. They would, they would record men as families. So if they said men, it would represent a family, the average family back then the day was around five to six. So Jesus fed 45,000 plus people that day. So this wasn't just any old miracle. Who, who's a foodie? All right, this is your sermon. Okay, if you're fasting today, I would advise you to leave. Okay, this is not the day. No, I'm kidding. You stay, you stay, you stay. You might get some. Um, so Jesus performs this incredible miracle with, 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 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And after this miracle, and after Jesus has been teaching the, the disciples and the crowds all day, he retires to the mountain to be with his father, to be replenished and find uh, solitude. But the next day, the people are so infatuated by what they've seen that they chase Jesus. And they chase him across the, across the, the, the lake, which is where they find him and where we're going to pick up our text today in the Gospel of John chapter 6. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? 
Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Verse 33, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread always. Then Jesus declared this. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. Jesus declared seven, <coughs> excuse me, statements about himself in John's gospel. These are called the seven I am statements. If you're familiar with the passage, I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. I am the vine. Seven key statements Jesus made about himself. But the very first statement was in this, in this story in the Gospel of John. And he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus knew what these people were after. They weren't seeking him because necessarily they wanted to hang out with him. They were seeking him because they wanted some more bread. The crowd had seen what... Maybe they would have described as a magic bread event the day before. Okay? Now, like I said, this is, a, this is not a message if you're hungry today. <laughs> the crowd had seen Jesus the day before perform this amazing miracle, and so they chase him. And then Jesus, instead of multiplying the bread like yesterday he makes this strange statement where he says, I am the bread of life. And they start grumbling amongst themselves because he's not performing his tricks like he was yesterday. Instead of giving them bread, he says, I am the bread. And if we, we read in chapter 6, verse 43, he says, Jesus answered, and he says, do not grumble amongst yourselves. In other words... I don't just want to fill your belly like I did yesterday for a few hours. I want to give you something greater. I want to give you something eternal. I want to give you something that's going to satisfy you in a deeper way. And Jesus draws this connection between our physical hunger and our universal experience of spiritual hunger. Now, Every single one of us has been in, in a situation where you have been physically hungry and you have eaten to satisfy that hunger. Am I right? Yeah. Some of you are like, I'm there right now. <laughs> but Jesus addresses day one physical hunger. He addresses, we all need to eat bread. We all need to eat food. But on day two, he addresses something even greater. It was Bono who sang... I still haven't found what I'm looking for. A man with all the fame, the money, the fortune in the world, yet he stands in front of millions of people and the crowd sing along, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Because there is a hunger so much deeper than the physical hunger which Jesus addressed on day one. And our world is so desperately hungry right now. Yeah. And people are trying to fill this, this we, I call it the God gap. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're trying to fill it with drugs, with alcohol. They're trying to fill it with a new car, a new set of golf clubs, a new label, a sex, a new partner. We're trying to fill the God gap. And yet it wears away. So Bono stands up and he says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I think this. I think the very existence of this desire is a testimony to the existence of God. The very existence of the desire we have in us that money cannot satisfy, popularity can't satisfy, a new 10,000 followers on social media cannot satisfy, shows that there must be something greater and deeper that can fill the gap in our lives, the God gap. And I have a feeling that when Jesus said this, Some of the people turned around and said, well, if you're not going to give me free bread like yesterday, I'm going home. As they grumbled amongst themselves. And they found him, but they didn't really find him. Yet some of them found him and found him. You see that they were seeking another handout, and yet Jesus offered them something even greater. He said, I am the bread of life. Now, I am the bread of life doesn't seem such a big statement to hear some free bread. And by the way, here's some leftovers for the kids. Yet it was so much deeper. And we can just skirt over, I am the bread of life. But actually, I'm just going to unpack that for the next few moments. Because bread is, well, in fact, bread in today's culture is not such a big deal. Um, First of all, who likes bread? I'm a bready. But if if you go to a restaurant, bread is just an extra, isn't it? They kind of, you get there and the first thing they do is throw a load of bread at you. And then it's, it's the appetizer before the appetizer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the side dish. You're sort of slung on the end of the table and sometimes you have it and you dip in, dip out. It's a, and it's free. They shouldn't be charging you for it. It's the thing that kind of gets you in and gets the taste buds going. and It's the entree. Come on, let's just have, a, let's just have an honest moment in church. Who has ever gone to a really nice restaurant? And you stuffed out on the bread. My hand's still up. I was in Cheesecake Factory the other night, okay? When you get to heaven, as long as you make it, okay? Listen to the message. You're going to get to heaven. When you get there, you pearly gates, da-da-da, all that. Name, tick, off, yeah, in. And then you're going to go left to Cheesecake Factory, right to Panda Express. I promise you, those two things are going to happen. And in bread, oh, in Panda Express, it's going to be calorie-free in heaven. It's going to be amazing. But I've stuffed out on cheesecake. I was in San Antonio on Wednesday night, and the pastor with the Cheesecake Factory, the bread and honey butter. Who sticks honey in butter? You lot. I, mean, I didn't even know they could go together, and the honey butter, and I was just stuffing it. And then they bring this thing like a Bible, and it's like the, the menu. I'm like... I didn't even need to eat anything because I'd already stuffed out on the bread. That's amazing. In fact, last night, your pastors, they took us to the Golden Corral. And um, it was an amazing experience. And no, I'm kidding. They didn't really. They didn't really. They didn't really. They didn't really. We went to the Waffle House. And um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have got a bit of a sense of humor, all right? So... But any emails, please, please email anyone on the front row. They'll gladly get back to you. But nobody goes to the restaurant anymore just for the bread. You don't go to an Indian restaurant for the naan bread. You go for the curry. 
You, you don't go to a steak restaurant because you want a little bit of bread on the side. You want the filet. You, you, you don't go to Chick-fil-A for the sesame seed bun. You want the, the filet chicken. It's just the bread. In fact, the bread is just a small part of the experience in today's culture. But what's so amazing, back in Jesus' time, it was very different. Very different. Bread was not the side dish. Bread was the main dish. Bread was the centerpiece. It wasn't just something left on the end of the table that maybe you'd pick at if you wanted something. Bread was the main thing. And so when Jesus was speaking, he was saying to the crowd, I am the bread of life. He was saying, I'm not just a little appetizer on the side of your life where you pick up and put down when you feel like it. I am the main course. I am the main thing. I am, in fact, he's saying, I am the very center, the very core of your existence. But what we've done in society in 2023 is Jesus has gone from the center to the side. We nip in and out of church. We nip in and out of Bible study. We come, we serve if we want to. Sometimes we tithe, sometimes we don't. It's just a little thing on the side of our lives. And I think COVID has really just brought all this to the surface. Sometimes we watch church online, we want to go to the pool, or sometimes we might come, we leave early because we've got a dinner booking. And it's just become this kind of, Jesus needs to fit into my lifestyle. He needs to fit in. Pastor, Pastor Jamie and Dustin, they need to put on another service to fit my kid's soccer game. Because Jesus needs to get into my life, into my box. And I'm joking, but I'm being serious as well. And we've moved Jesus. And have you anyone noticed what society's done? We're in this mess. We're in this mess. And like, God, you didn't fix this mess in our schools. You and Jesus is like, well, you just moved me to the side of your life. You see, when Jesus was speaking, he was saying, I'm not just a side dish. I'm the main thing. Now, let's just get some background to this before we jump in a bit more. Oh, my word. Bread's mentioned over 300 times in Scripture. In fact, for the very first book of the Bible in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, it says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Genesis 19:3. Then he made them a feast and baked bread. From the beginning of time, it was established that bread was the main thing. Now, if my wife Chantel calls me, we're in England, she calls me two or three o'clock in the afternoon, she says, You need to get home tonight. I've made you a feast. I'm thinking, Okay, you're not thinking this. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking roast beef and Yorkshire puddings swimming in gravy. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Yorkshire puddings. And so then I get home, and when I get home, I walk in, there's a piece of bread in the table. I say, Chantel, how are you doing? How's your day? <laughs> What's going on with the bread? She's like, I told you I've made you a feast. I said, yeah, but where is it? It's there, John. Where? There? Where? There? The bread. No, 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 that's not the bread. That's a side dish. No, no, that's the main meal. That's exactly what bread was in Scripture. It was the main meal. It was the main meal. The Bible calls bread a feast. 
Every meal in scripture that Jesus partook on, it says he broke bread. The early church, the Bible says, they went from house to house and they broke bread. The Last Supper, for us, it, was a, uh, it, it represents a communion meal. But for them, it was the last meal on earth with Jesus. I don't know about you. If you're having a last meal with a loved one, we ain't having a loaf of bread. We're getting some Italian in. We're, we're going to do it good. We're going to do this thing proper. We're having one meal before you're going away. We're going to do this well. Yet Jesus has bread. Bread was the main dish. And so in today's society, bread is just an afterthought. If we have bread of a meal, great. If we don't, great. It doesn't really matter as long as we get the steak. If vegetarian, as long as you get the veggies. As long as everyone gets something. I mean, if, if I'm honest, sometimes Chantel, she cooks a meal, and then halfway through the meal, she lets out this, like, little scream, and she's, ah! I was like, everything all right? She's like, left the bread in the oven. You ever done that? I mean, it's such an, I mean, you would never scream in the middle of a go, ah, I've left the beef in the oven. I mean, you wouldn't ever leave the beef in the oven, would you? You wouldn't know, would you? The beef is the main meal. I think I've driven my point home loud and clear. It was the main meal. So Jesus says this, he says, I am the very core of your existence. I am the bread of life. I want to give you share three thoughts this morning um, to ponder around Jesus being the bread of your life. The first one is this, that bread has to remain the centerpiece of our lives. I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of busy people in this room. Is that right? School runs, sport, work, board meetings, budget meetings, university studies, exams. We all live big, full lives, and we, we live in this rushed world. And for me right now, it's building plans and trying to raise money and all these various things involved with it. And so we, life is hectic. And I'll be honest, and I'm a pastor, so if I'm admitting an ounce of vulnerability here, you should join me. Yeah? I'm just being totally honest. But you can even be a pastor, and this can happen. And sometimes we're even hanging on for dear life because we're busy. Sometimes we can even be busy doing things for God. And life is hectic. And what happens in the middle of our mad lives is, is God is moved from the center to the side. And bread has been pushed from the center of the table. And for some people, it's even been pushed off the table. There's some people who were sitting here three years ago before covid but they're not here anymore. And it's not because they don't love Jesus. He just doesn't fit into their lifestyle anymore. He's just on the side. And if you meet them, they always say the same thing. Oh, I still love Jesus. But he's just an entree. He's not the main dish. And I've been telling our staff and team, our new building is not the main meal in our church. It's Jesus. Yes. It's Jesus. Jesus isn't an appetizer. He has to remain the main course. Amen. Sport cannot be the centerpiece of my life. Netflix cannot be the centerpiece of my life. Xbox cannot be the centerpiece of my life. And I'm not here to point fingers today. I'm here to help us recognize some drift in our lives. And we sometimes we turn around and say, how? Have you ever drifted? Yeah, I was once in the Sea of Galilee and I drifted. I was like, how did I end up here? The current caught me and I drifted. No one intentionally sets out to drift. But it's when you look back, you think, how did I end up there? Yeah. 
and people have drifted since COVID. And Jesus is just literally a small, a small loaf of bread on the end of the table. Jesus is not an appetizer. He is the main course. And none of the things, none of these things are wrong. I love sport. I am a sportaholic. But let me tell you, Jesus has to remain the center of my life. I was at the Dallas FC match last night, cheering on your local team, going crazy. But you know what? First thing this morning, I was in the bread of life. The bread, the bread. Dallas FC is not my bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 says, You shall not worship them or serve them, for I am your Lord. I am a jealous God. That's vulnerability. He is jealous. It's the only time in Scripture we see this word. In reference to God, he says, I am jealous when something takes my place. You know, there's something even greater than talent in our churches. It's bread. The bread. There's something greater than professionalism. And I love professionalism. I love talent. I love the gifts that God's given people. But we need the bread. There's something that can... I want to speak to every person who's studying. There's something that can trump your qualifications. It's bread. It's bread. Bread can... I'm hardly even qualified to do what I do. All I know is it's the bread. It's the bread. It's the bread. If you keep the bread in the center of the table, God will get you where he needs to get you in your career. God will get you where he needs to get you in your marriage. God will get you when you keep the bread in the center of the table. In 2010, my dad died, died of leukemia. But here's the thing. He had the bread in his life. He gave me a brown wallet a week before he died. It had 10 pounds, 10 British pounds. That's all the money, the cash. It's all the money he had. He wasn't a wealthy man at all. But he gave me something greater than, than, than finances. He was the breadwinner. He gave me a spiritual legacy that will outlast anything that money can give me. Anything. Anything. Don't be a public success and a private failure. I'm speaking to some people here today. Don't put your work in place of your children. Don't put your work in place of your bread. Keep Jesus at the center and everything else will be blessed. Everything else will prosper. Bread will keep you young. Bread will outlast you. Bread will keep the fun. Bread will keep the oil in your lamp. Bread will keep you burning. We've got to get the bread back in the center of the table. We need the bread of life. We need bread in our churches. We need bread in our churches. Every service, we need bread. The run sheet is not the center. Jesus is the center. We don't want great coffee in our churches and no bread. We don't want skilled musicians with no bread. We don't want slick, short, in, out services without bread. We've got to get the bread. I want to encourage you, keep the bread. Get the bread. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need some bread. I need some bread. We've got to give. Give each other a big dose of bread. We need bread in our homes. Bread in our churches, bread in our homes, you know. It's not just enough to show up to church on Sunday. We need bread in our homes. We need bread in our homes. You know, I, th- I think probably if every Sunday I ate this, I think I could just about survive. Just. I would be very thin. That might be not a bad thing. I'd be... But 
I would be very drawn, I'd be very malnourished, and I would be hanging on. But I could just about, you know, most Christians do that. I wonder what Pastor Dustin's got for me this Sunday. He better have a good message. I'm feeling down. We shouldn't arrive church down. We should be up because we've been feeding all week. This is, this is like, this is like the bonus, the bonus. We should all be, if you've come to church today because you're hungry, you shouldn't be hungry. You should be full. You just come for a little extra. So this is where we come. We hear from God daily in our homes. I want my children to love the house of God. Bread in our homes. We need bread in our finances. But you know, the tithe is the center. I want to encourage you. Keep Jesus at the center of your finances. First thing Chantal and our children do at the end of the month when we get paid. The first thing we do. And by the way, I don't set it up as a standing order. I'll tell you why I don't. Because I like to press send. Because the first thing that leaves my bank account on the 27th of every month is my tithe. And I press send. And every time I do, I'm putting the bread in the center. And I want to encourage you, if your bread has turned to the end of the table, oh, I might give something this week. I might tip God. I might give a little here. I want to encourage you to give God 10%. 90% of your income will go further than 100. Amen. You say, well, how does that work? I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is when I tried it with 100, it, went, it didn't work. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. None of that makes sense. We're not here. Faith, faith doesn't make sense. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So we're not here for things while I'm an accountant and I'll tell you that doesn't add up. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't add up. We're raising 12 and a half million pounds for our new building. We've raised nearly 10 million. I don't know how we've done that. Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense about the Dream Center. Who builds buildings off the back of COVID when material prices are going through the roof? Mad people. People like Pastor Dustin and Noah and all people like that. Mad people. If you're watching, I miss you. He's probably in the gym watching me. Ah. He look, doesn't he look amazing? I'm like, oh. Where were we? Oh, yeah, tithing. Anyway, come bring, 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 bring. Wait for this. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, two million Israelites in the wilderness, the Bible said that God rained down bread from heaven. That's a cool thunderstorm. And God fed them every day. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4 says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, but, but the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Now think about God. God could have dropped bread through the tent onto their lap. It could have been like they're watching their Netflix and then literally the popcorn drops in the tent. But he said, no, I'll do my bit. I'm not doing all of it. You need to get out of your beds, drink some coffee, wake up, stick some water on your face, walk out of the tent, and there is a meal prepared for you every day. We have to get up. We've got to walk out of our bedrooms, find a secret place, and feed. Because there is a meal prepared for you and I every day. Every day. And this is interesting. It says they're to go out each day and prepare enough for that day. Enough for that day. What does that mean? I need to come back tomorrow. 
I don't know when this bread was made. Hopefully it was yesterday or today, but I'm not eating this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not eating this tomorrow. Why? Because the bakery has one today. Uh, yeah. right. why, why would I be eating yesterday's bread when there's something fresh? Yes. That's why Jesus said, give us this day our... Uh, daily bread which means this morning when I got up early I was feasting on the word of God but yesterday's word tomorrow I've got something new and fresh for you but unless you get up you got to get up get out of the tent and you've got to allow God to speak to your soul speak to your spirit speak to your business speak to your physical situation CNNN CNNN CNN, no, 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 it sounds like someone else. Fox News, Sky News, that is not my bread. Some of us wake up, first thing we do is stick on the news. Why would you do that? Whatever you feed will grow. If you feed your fear, it will grow. If you feed your faith, it will grow. Whatever you feed grows. So you've got to make a decision what you're feeding. I'm just going to swipe right until I find someone I like. Really? You're going to get destination disease. You're going to get FOMO. You're going to get all sorts of things. But when you open this book, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to stumble. He's going to keep me this day. Suddenly my soul comes alive. Suddenly I've got strength. We've got to get the word every morning, fresh bread every morning. You know, one of the things I love about coming home on a Monday my wife a couple of times a month she makes banana bread oh I love it and she makes sugar-free banana bread it's honestly it's fat free you get the fat for free it's amazing <laughs> and so I walk in but sometimes I'll go and pick up the groceries on Monday I walk and she's made this fresh banana bread but even before she tells me she's made banana bread I open the door <sighs> yeah baby <laughs> the banana bread and here's what I realized. I can smell the bread. Yeah, yeah. Mom, Dad, the kids can smell whether you've been eating the bread. Yes. The kids can smell the bread. They can they, in fact, our kids are picking up more than you realize in the home. They're picking up vibes. They're picking up spirits. They're picking up all sorts of things in the home. When you're in the bread, it sets a tone for the home. When you're in the bread, it can change the atmosphere of the house. I want to encourage you, don't just stick the radio on in the morning. Stick the worship on. Yes. Become a we, we we made this change in our house a few years ago. Before the kids go to school, we just put the first thing we do in the morning is we put the worship on. I got a little Sonos speaker. I whack it up and we start worshiping. The kids come down. They might be tired, but it's amazing. The worship lifts the room. It lifts the spirit. It lifts the home. I want to encourage you. Put some worship on in the house. They'll get enough radio later in the day. They'll get enough sport later on in the day. But get the worship moving and begin to worship and magnify and exalt the Lord together. Bread is the center. Number two, hold the clock. Bread is the source. Bread is the source. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Bread. Three things that bread is the source of. Number one is this. Bread is the source of your strength. I love to go for a run. One of the things I love to do, especially in winter, when I come back is... um, eat some bread because as soon as I eat bread after it's like my body just responds I've tried everything else and body takes time but when you eat bread your body recovers so quickly and so I want to encourage you today 
If you are worried today, it's Jesus. Yes, come on. If you are feeling weak today, Jesus. If you, if you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling lonely, if you, even if you're feeling those dark thoughts of suicide today, I speak Jesus right yes. now over you. I speak Jesus over your family. Jesus over your mind. Jesus, if you are down to absolutely nothing right now, Jesus, he is the source of your strength. Exodus 15, 2 says, the Lord is my strength. Come on, just shout his name right now. Shout his name, Jesus. Speak it. Don't shout it at me. Speak it right now over your children. Declare it right now. If your business is going for a rough patch, speak Jesus right now over your situation. He is your strength. The bread is the source of your strength and the bread is the source of your supply. He's the source of your supply. You know, a verse I've been holding on to over the last 12 months is Psalm 37, verse 25, which says, I have been young and now I am old and I'm not old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. You do not have to beg for bread. I'm going to say this again. He is the source of your supply. If your kids need to go into your house and come in and say, beg you for dinner, you ain't doing a very good job as a parent. Because dinner should be a given in a home. Am I right? It might be, what shall we have tonight? But it's not, shall we have dinner? Imagine that, sit down. Should we have dinner tonight? What a strange question. We don't go to God and say, God, I need this. God, I thank you for this. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know who you're going to use, but I just thank you. You're my supply. God, I thank you. The, the Dream Center, your Dream Center, I thank you, is paid in full. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I'm not coming begging God, God, you need to do it. If not, I'm going to go crazy. I just thank you in advance. You're going to do it. That building is paid in full with overflow. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. God will never meet your expectation. They exceed them. That's the God we serve. He's the source of your supply. Number, number three, the bread is the source of your safety. I love communion, holy communion. This is another way. Can I encourage you as a church to this? Don't limit communion to once a month in church. Don't limit communion. Having communion in your home is a, a beautiful way to bring Jesus into the center. You know, as a family, we try and have communion on a Monday. It's our Sabbath and we have communion as a family. And, you know, sometimes it's a bit crazy with the kids. And, you know, Mary died on the ark one week and all sorts with the Bible stories and all, they get, get them all tangled, but it doesn't matter. We just keep Jesus in the center. And we encourage you as a family to receive Holy Communion. Say, so we've never done that before. Just try it. Just try it. Don't, don't just limit communion. It's, it's a holy moment. It's a sacred time. And verse 19 of Luke chapter 22, it says, he took the bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. Said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, he took the bread in his hands and he blessed it. This is what God showed, showed me. Broken or blessed, I'm still in his hands. Amen. Today, you may have arrived here broke, broken. Or maybe you arrived today and you've had a great week. Your business is thriving, marriage is good kids are good and we're cheering you on but I know there's some brokenness in the room but I want to remind you today that broken or blessed Jesus took him in his hands you're still in his hands 
you're still in his hands today. You're still in his hands. Maybe I feel like someone lost their marriage recently in this church. You're still in his hands. You might feel broken today. You're still in his hands. He will not let you go. He is the bread of safety. Bread is the center. Bread is the source. And number three, as we finish up, is that bread is, in today's society, it's not just, it's not just gone to the side of the table as an entree. Sadly, and I know in America, many of you don't use the bread boxes. We call them the bread bins, but bread box. But in every home in England, we use a bread box. It's just a tradition. Okay, and what's happened is that the bread has gone from the side of the table to the bread box. And it's just been put away in people's lives. And Maybe people aren't denying the existence of God, but it's just no longer a part. And so the bread is in the is in the box. The bread is in the bin. And bread has left the schools. Bread has left the hotels. I travel all the time and rarely I find a Bible in the side cupboard of the, the bedroom because it offends people. Bread has left the universities. Bread has left the society in general. And bre- Bread now offends people. People get offended by this book. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth that leads to life. It's offended people. Because people want to make their own truth. They don't want absolute truth. We've got to get the bread back on the table. Yes. We've got to do this. I'm committed to speaking this message in this season because we've got to get bread back on the university table. We've got to get university students who are prepared to stand up for righteousness right. on their campuses. Churches prepared like this one to stand for absolute truth, to have the courage to speak on issues that others may run from. Churches prepared to stand up for unborn children. Christians being prepared to stand for biblical marriage. Oh, John, you shouldn't really say that in 2023. It's not politically correct. You and I do not answer to what is politically correct, what is biblically correct. Biblically correct. And I, I honestly believe that over the next few months, the next couple of years, we are at a tipping point. Amen. I just finished a series in our church at the start of the year called The Tipping Point. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing, because you never know whether the next prayer is going to tip it. Uh, Some of you are like, I prayed once, nothing happened. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Yeah, right. Things are tipping, but things have tipped. As we've removed the bread, things have tipped away from Jesus. Now think about this. When you want to lose weight, what's the first thing you remove? bread you want to lose weight you don't have to pay a nutritionist just listen to me drop the bread speak to yourself John what have we done in society we've dropped the bread we've dropped the bread we've taken the bread out of schools out of the family we've replaced it with sport we've replaced it with every other life luxury lifestyle you name it and we're like it's the government's fault the church's fault it's their fault it's that person's fault you need to sort it out no 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 you and I need to take personal responsibility and this is what we need to do we need to stop pointing fingers at the left the right the center and we need to simply put the bread back in the center of the table can you imagine if we had a revolution of bread 
Can you imagine if every Christian said, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. I'm going to start praying with my spouse. I'm going to start praying with my children. I'm going to put worship music on the car. I'm going to leave my Bible open on the side of my bed. I'm just going to bring Jesus back in the center. I'm going to bring the smell of bread back in my home, in my business, in my car. I'm just going to pick Jesus back in his rightful place. Then we will see a revolution of what God intended us to see. This is a tipping point moment. Is there anyone today who says, I'm bringing back the bread? I'm bringing back the bread. Come on, why don't we stand?